man of God and the servant of the Lord that serve in the kingdom. Amen. When you find the scripture, say amen. amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 20. And I will just read just one line, and that will be my topic to discuss this morning at this Bible study. And God said, Thou fool. Not what Billy Graham said. Not Reverend so-and-so said. Not what Pope Benedict said. But God said, Thou fool. You may be seated. Not long ago, one of the well-known preacher, I don't want to name his name, but uh, he's, he, in his preaching, he uh, mentioned about this phrase, about our title this morning. He said, that phrase must be put in every front cover of a magazine and newspapers at least three or four times a month to remind the secular people of the world and the United States. This man that we read about in the Bible, he made a major mistake in his life. In the height of his prosperity, in the height of his success in life, sounds like some of us don't, doesn't it? We all make mistakes. Amen. Sometimes, I don't know if you notice, sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll hear the news, shocking news, and uh, athletes that reach and broke the barrier and reached to a success which no man ever been to that level of success before. And all of a sudden, at the young age, with all the money and all the fame and everything that, they, he, that a human being can have would die or, or lost his mind or, or kill somebody or just fall right back down to where they started it. This man, because of his success and his prosperity and his money and everything that he owns in this life, he becomes so arrogant. And so God told him that night, Thou fool, thy soul has required of thee. One translation said on the next verse, What will you do with everything that you accumulated? Who are you going to share with? Jesus did not call this man a fool because he possessed wealth. Jesus did not condemn him because he got money. Jesus did not condemn him because he knows how to make money. This man was called a fool because he permitted the ends for which he lives to become Confused with the means by which he lived. The scripture, uh, the, the structure of his life is absorbed uh, uh, his destiny. That was his first big mistake. What he didn't understand is that, rich man, that is good for your external, but it is not good for your internal. Amen. That, that's good for the outer man, but, but, but everything that you're trying to accumulate in life is not good for the inner man. Because the inner man, 
is what's more important than the outer man. If you study this man's story, you will find out that his wealth made him arrogant. His wealth made him selfish and made him think that he doesn't need God. Made him think that he doesn't need anything. His wealth and prosperity made him think that he needed no help from any other person. Just like King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. King Nebuchadnezzar is one of the most successful uh, king in the history in the Bible. He said it this way. It's not the king, it's not the great Babylon that I have built. For the house of kingdom by my power, for my, for my majesty. Every time you think about, every time you, you, you begin to uh, analyze things and begin to uh, ponder in your mind. Every time the word, I did it. Every time phrase like, I am the one that uh, uh, made it happen. Every time I, I, I gets involved in your conversation, be ready. You're ready to fall. When he was talking about my kingdom, the Bible said the voice from heaven came to that king's palace. And the voice said, O king, your kingdom has been divided and departed from thee. Thou shalt dwell with the beast in the land, in the field, and they shall make thee eat the grass of the field until thy know that the Most High God ruleth over thee. The voice of God had to humble him. And once he was one of the most powerful figure in the world, powerful person, powerful king, of the Bible days, now is in the field, now in the field eating grass like a cow and with the cow. Ladies and gentlemen, the, war, uh, the, the, the Lord has a way of humbling us. Amen. When, 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 when God humbles you, honey, you, you will know. I'd rather fall on the rock than the rock fall on me. Come on, somebody. Even the Hollywood of America said, troubles begin when a person began to believe in his own or her own achievement or ability. No wonder Apostle Paul said in his writing in, in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, through the grace given unto me, any man that is among you, not to think more highly than he ought of himself. Ladies and gentlemen of Life Point today, I want to mention to you that it is foolish to play when you are never more than one second away from eternity. I've experienced that back in uh, March. Me and uh, my son, uh, in fact, we experienced it twice. As you know, that, that country is in chaos right now, and uh, we tasted 
uh, democracy for 10 years, and people loved it. People love freedom of speech, just like United States. We're trying to build federal government and uh, form the federal government. And so this military dictatorship, the general, uh, he was supposed to retire and, uh, at the age of 60 from the military. And then he extended himself for another five years from 15 to 2020. Uh, the they asked him what the reason was. He said, there is nobody to replace me in this country. And then he told the, uh, after the election, the party of my, my brother-in-law and, and uh, them won again by 91% vote. And he came to the leader of Burma and then said, I'm going to... Uh, take off my military uniform, and then I will uh, start wearing civilian clothes again, and can you at least make me the president? And so the lady told him, sir, that is not my decisions. It is Senate and Congress and the people's decisions. They have to vote you in. So he came 26 times to ask. She told him, Stop coming at me with that question because you're going to get the same answer. So he decided the next day he's going to take power. And so he spread out all the military soldiers all over the country. And now the young people of this generation, they said, we're not going to live under a dictatorship anymore. We tasted democracy. We loved it. So we're going to fight back. So they're fighting back. So their bomb exploding everywhere. People are getting shot at and killed, and villages and towns are burned down. Recently, last week, we had a, 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 a on a Himalaya uh, part of the country, in the western part of the country, a town of 8,000 homes. They shot with a rocket propelled grenades, and the helicopter bombed them, and jet fighters bombed them, and burned, 100, burned down 164 homes. So they're, 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 they're fighting back. So... One day, me and Josiah, we went uh, uh, looking for ATM machine. And well, by the time I got to ATM machine, there was only three people. And folks, I kid you now, you never heard of this. You can't even comprehend this with the Western mind. It takes us eight hours to withdraw $200 out of ATM machine. That's how many people lined up. And by the time there were so many occasions, by the time I got to the ATM machine, the money in the ATM machine is gone. I mean, folks, it will test your Holy Ghost when you face that. And uh, all of a sudden, about 100 yards from us, a bomb explode. And uh, that was just a noise. Nobody died and all that. So we got scared. Both of us jumped in the car, and we drove 150 miles an hour. I mean, we just we ran for our lives. The second time was three weeks after, uh, after that, on Sunday morning, and we have a little prayer service, uh, so we were going to pray, and uh, I was supposed to speak a little bit, and uh, I, uh, I wanted to uh, feed uh, people that come, that can come, some fruits and stuff. So we went to Seaport to buy fruits, and all of a sudden, I saw this motorcycle pass by, a young man with a backpack, and then there's a military truck in the stoplight, and there's a lot of soldiers in there. And then the guy threw the backpack inside the truck. 
and that thing exploded about 75 yards away from us. Me and my son, Bo, we could not hear for two days. Our ears rung so loud, and it killed 13 soldiers, and all the windows and glasses of the clothes uh, to that perimeter all exploded and everything. That's when I realized you just don't know when your day's coming. That's how quick life can leave your body. Amen. One traffic light mistake, eternity can begin. One wrong decision, everything can be ruined. One bad investment, you're back to where you started it. That's why King David said in Psalm 62, verse 11, once, not just one time, he said, once, twice have I learned that the power belongeth to God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you today to this church, God is the only one that is in charge of our lives. God is the only one that is in control of our lives. Come on, somebody. We're so blessed in this nation. We got things today that we never had before. We live in homes that we never dreamed of living in before. We drive vehicles that we never know that a human can make those kind of vehicles. We're so blessed to the point, sometimes we forget where we started it. But ladies and gentlemen, the Lord has sent me to remind someone in this room that do not forget the days of your small things and beginning. Come on, somebody. You did not get to where you are today just because of you. You got it to where you are today but by the grace of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The more, I, the more I live for God, the more I realize that I need the grace and mercy, mercy of God every days of my life. Every days of my life. Because you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You just don't know what's going to happen after you leave this service. You just don't know what tomorrow holds. So you better hold, get a hold of somebody who holds your tomorrow. If I were you, I will make sure before I leave this service, I get encounter with the Lord. I'm going to make, make, make everything right with the man, the man upstairs. Come on, somebody. Because I just don't know what exactly is going to happen. The rich man said, this will I do. He said, this will I do. He didn't consult with anybody. He didn't talk to pastor about it. He didn't talk to any counselor about it. He didn't talk to God about it. He said, this is what I'm going to do. If I were there on that day, I would have said to him, rich man, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be too sure about your decision that you're making until you talk to God about it. Then you can say, this will I do with the Lord. He, he, he mistook himself to be God. He, he felt like 
he was in charge of his life. He felt like he was in control of his life. He's got everything he wanted it. He's got everything a human being can want it. He's got everything he needs. He's got the maze. He's got the mansion. He's got the most expensive stuff in the world. So he felt like he's got everything under control. And that was his first mistake. The second thing was he mistook his body for his soul. In Luke chapter 12, verse 19, he said to his soul, Soul, eat, drink, and be merry. This man wanted to live in the physical senses only. Forgot the fact that there's another part of you which is more important than physical. It's your soul. This man wanted stuff. That's all he was after. This man wanted success and fame. That's all he was after. He was busy going after things that he thought that would make him happy. It never crosses his mind that he could not buy happiness. The longer you live, the more you will realize whatever you own cannot bring you happiness. Whoever you marry to cannot bring you happiness. Come on, somebody. Happiness starts with you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm very happy today. No wonder Apostle Paul said, I think myself happy. Come on, somebody. I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care what's happening in this country, pol politically, uh, economically, whatever is happening. But I think myself happy. Happiness starts with you. It doesn't start with things. It starts with you. He thought things would bring him happiness. No wonder Jesus said, man cannot live alone, uh, live by bread alone. Let me remind you once again, ladies and gentlemen, every man in this room, every person in this world has a soul. And that soul one day will leave our body. And whether we're going to spend in eternity in hell or in heaven, it's up to what we do today. If we're too busy just to cope with life and just to go through with life and forget about our soul, then it's not worth living in this world. Paul said, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is a righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you want the true joy, if you want a true happiness, it starts with you. And it's, it's not in the things of the world. It's not the material things. It's not a physical world. It is your spiritual world. I'll tell you how you can get happiness. It's when God's spirits begin to rule in your heart. And when your spirit and God's spirit connect, that's what, that's what we mean by when a person received the Holy Ghost. When a person received the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the Lord came to this, uh, each person that received the Holy Ghost in their heart. 
and their spirit and God's spirit connected. To show their connections, then people begin to speak in tongues. That's what born again means. That's what receiving the Holy Ghost means. Let me give you another example. Judas, who, is, who was the one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, he thought that 30 pieces of silver can bring him happiness. He thought money can make him happy. He was willing to do anything to get the money. Because that's what he was after. He must have been broke. I don't know. He even didn't mind selling his own master into the hand of unrighteous to get what he wanted. But when he got what he wanted, it, it didn't, he found out it didn't bring him happiness that he was looking for. And the Bible says he went and gave it back and went and hung himself. It caused him his life because he was going after the wrong things. I have friends who are drug addicts. I used to be one too. And uh, they said, uh, we're always, the reason we became addicted because we're always trying to get back to that first high that we experienced. Trying to get back to that and we could never got back to it. We can never get back to that level of highness. And so people be, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. That's why you got so many drugs coming out every week. They got now, even in marijuana, they got a bunch of nicknames. I mean, killer, thriller, salmonella, I don't know. <laughs> They're coming up with so many different names. Make it stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Because people try to get back to that high that they once had. The rich man was looking for things to make him happy. But he doesn't realize that his soul was on the inside and his soul was crying. His soul was saying, give me my God. Give me my spiritual food. Body, quit doing to me what you are doing to me. Feed my soul. Body, quit doing to what you are doing to me. Instead of taking me to a bar, instead of taking me to a drug house, take me to the church. Take me to a prayer meeting. Come on, somebody. Where I can feed my soul. Your soul is crying on the inside. I don't want a party. I don't want another drink. I don't want another drugs. I don't want another friend. I just want God. Not only one God, I need God. Come on, somebody. We have to come to the point in our walk with God, we don't just want God. We need God. We acknowledge that we need God every step along the way. We need God from the sun up to the sun down. We need God. I don't know about you, I need God today. Hallelujah. That is why I choose to come to church. 
I choose to meet with my Savior. Come on, somebody. I wish I had about 10 people that would clap your hands and say, I need God. I need God. I got to have God. Hallelujah. The church, a friend of mine, the church I used to go to in Dallas, she's a prayer warrior. And, uh, She's also our church prayer coordinator. Powerful woman of God. Never smoked. Never, do, never did drugs. But the doctor just gave her a few days to live now. Because they found a big tumor on her lung. So we're waiting for her last breath as we speak right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we just don't know when our days are coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elvis Presley. I know, I'm sure everybody knows Elvis Presley. I know, I know you know this Elvis, but I'm talking about the singer Elvis. He had his success. He had his fame. They said he was a king of rock and roll. Okay. He is one of the most beautiful wives that, that, that man can have. He's got money, everything, everything. He's got it all together. But when they found his body, they found that on his bed, they found a book open, and he's been reading before he goes to bed about the second coming of the Lord. Once you achieve everything in life, once you accumulate everything in life, you begin to realize that none of that stuff matters. What really matters is, am I ready to meet the Lord? Am I going to live with my Lord and Savior? So when they found his book, it took him back to his, childly, uh, 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 his childhood age. He, was, grew up, he grew up in Pentecostal home and sung in church and then became a circular singer. But yet, before he left this earth, he was looking for that relationship that he had with God when he was a child. No, nothing in this world will bring you happiness when it deals with soul. This rich man was looking for things to satisfy his body when he should have been looking for his soul. His last mistake was he thought he was living in time and he forgotten about the eternity. He said, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. For many years. And God told him and said to him, Thou soul shall require of thee. This man was getting ready to stay. But God was getting ready for him to go. When God said, 
it's time for you to go. There is not one doctor on this earth can help you. Nothing can help you. Nobody can help you. The only thing that can help you is your connection with the Spirit of God. This man was ready to stay and have a good time. Let's party. Let's have a good time. Eat and be merry and drink. God was ready for him to go. One second. Musician, come please. One second. We're removed from eternity. Preacher, do you always preach like this or teach like this? Well, I didn't used to be like this. But the more I got older, the more I realized how fragile life is. How quickly I can go. Since I got back <clears throat> from my native country, when I went there, I went. Uh, I weighed about 225. I was a typical American Pentecostal. Like to eat a lot, and uh, but when I came back, and of course I did a lot of exercise and walking and running and all that. When I came back, I weighed 162. And uh, lost a lot of weight, and then I began to realize that something was wrong with me in my body. So I began to check and check and check and check, and without insurance, check and check and check. Since, since I got back home four months ago, I have been in hospital 19 times now. Physically always weak. And then they told me that I need to eat a lot of meat and so that my strength can circulate and my blood can circulate. So I start eating again, and now I'm gaining weight again. And how, how, much, do, uh, how much do I weigh right now? It, it's, it's none of your business. The older I got, the more I began to realize, man, life is so short. Everything seems like yesterday. How did I, how did I come to the United States in, back in 93, 28, 29 years ago? Couldn't speak a word of English. And learn at Bible College and graduated and, 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 and travel all across the world and preach and proclaim this truth. But it seems like it was just yesterday. Just as quick as we think everything was yesterday, your eternity will be that quick too in the future. So today I want to remind you, as God called this man, thou fool, don't let him call you thou fool. I don't want God to call me thou fool. You know what I want to hear from God? When I walk through the pearly gates, I want to hear, welcome, my good and faithful servant.
Let's stand to our feet right now. I want you to lift your hands and let's pray together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for your provisions, God. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Brother Boy left us with a little bit of time, and we don't ordinarily do this. I don't know if we ever have, but I wonder if we just had two minutes just to come stand around this altar before the second service starts, just two minutes, and lift our hands to the Lord and ask him to forgive us of every thought, everything we've done wrong, and let's just enter into the next service with complete freedom and joy to be able to worship him and know that all is well. Just a couple of minutes of our time here, and it would be wonderful. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Lord, we want to hear those words. Well done. We want to hear it. We want to spend eternity with you.